Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 28 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the pregame for the Champions League final. Who would have thought it's been 13 years since we've been able to say uh, we've been in a Champions League final? And here we are going up against the juggernaut that is Manchester City. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined by Johnny Paterno and... Of course, for a game of this magnitude, you have to bring in the big guns. We are joined here today by the judge, Judge Mo of Inter Worldwide. Thanks for coming on, Mo. Appreciate it, guys, for the invite. We're here to win it. We're in it to win it, of course. <laughs> in it to win it. And also joined by everyone's favorite Zio, Uncle Sharma. Thanks for uh, for coming on, man. Yeah, man. We're here to represent the English side of things. Hopefully we dunk on the English <laughs> <laughs> all right we have to start here um how how is everyone feeling coming into this game is obviously there's a couple things going on the discourse in most of the media right now is obviously all eyes on manchester city going after a treble just like we did in in 2010 and a lot of people are are sort of writing inter off i know how i feel about it i'm actually relatively calm and I, and I feel confident about what we're able to do um, against this team. I don't, I don't rate them personally as high as everyone else does, but I would love to, to just kick off with what are the feelings five days out from the biggest game of, of our season? Johnny, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm relatively calm myself. You know, I, I look at this as it's kind of like a David versus Goliath type of matchup. Uh, a lot of people aren't giving us, a fighting chance, whereas I do think that we have like a, a realistic opportunity to beat these guys. Um, you see how Inzaghi is able to get the guys to prepare for these cup ties and these big moments, and and everyone seems to be pretty laser focused. I mean, if if you saw the the words from Onana, where where he essentially said, you know, we you don't go to Istanbul just to play; you go to you're going to win. And I mean, I love that type of confidence to hear that from the team kind of makes me feel more confident in in their preparations leading up to this so yeah I mean I'm going in with with not the expectations like you know that we're gonna we're gonna throttle them although I would love to I think that would be such a huge huge uh accomplishment but I, I do feel like you know we have a fighting chance and I, I really believe if with the players that we have that we can we can beat them Sharma, I'll kick it over to you. Do you feel sort of similar to the interviews guys in that, you know, we're, we're calm and cool and collected heading into this game or are the nerves uh, pretty high on your end? No, yeah, I'm the same, man. I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, the, the hype is building, but yeah, I'm not nervous. I'm not panicking. And um, I think even, I think it was that game, the Man City game against Man United, you know, you're watching them, you're like, yeah, we can, we can take these guys. If this is, if this is what they've got, we we can take these guys. So, yeah, I was thinking like 65, 35 to Man City at the beginning. But yeah, I'm kind of like my percentages for Inter are going up as the as the game comes near. Yeah, 100%. Uh, one thing is that if you watch the Madrid game, you would say there's no hope. But then I'm watching that Man United game and I said, if Eric Ten Hag can do it with this crap of players, uh, <laughs> and if they had a decent forward like a Lukaku or a Lautaro Martinez, and I can't believe I'm saying this, he could have done something. And I'm trusting my player. I trust my coach to get it right another time. One more time in a cup game, in a one-off game. Again, it's this Pep Guardiola guy. Again, it's this Man City players, inflated Man City players that play for arguably one of the best managers we've ever seen. But I would trust Inzaghi to make it good, to make the right plan, to get the job done. And uh, I hope that our players play top of their game. Yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting a really good game and something that's much closer than uh, what you would hear in the media. Um, it, we're not even getting a ton of uh, support from our uh, our Italian media, which is is of course. But uh, either way, we're heading into this game after 13 years of of not being in the final. And when you talk storylines, I think one of the biggest going into 
um, going into this game is going to be the starting lineup from Inter's end. And that's where I want to start with you guys today. We've seen from Simone the way that he's been handling these cup ties, right? They're over two legs. Obviously, this is a, a one-off game. But we've seen the strategy of, of starting Dzeko and Mkhitaryan um, at the beginning of the game and then eventually getting into uh, bringing on Lukaku and Brozovic to, uh, to see it out. How do you guys expect Simone to attack this from a, a lineup perspective? What are the 11 that, that you're expecting to see on the field? I'll kick it over to Mo to start. Expectations are Jekyll and Lautaro up top, Darmian, Dumfries on the right side, and the rest are known, Brozovic in the middle. But this is just, for me, if he does this, it's a mistake. But I'm hoping that someone sane next to him will tell him that to beat this Man City team, you'll need the physicality and the power of Romelu Lukaku. But I believe he's not going to do that for some reason. Maybe he has his reasons, but he proved me wrong. Before, when he played Milan and he played Jacko, it worked. So I'm hoping that he knows what he's doing, but I'm predicting him to start Jacko and Lautaro up top and still stick with Dumfries. Uh, apparently, Skriniar isn't even fit to start the game, so he wouldn't be even part of the game, in my opinion. Johnny, what do you think? Are you going to have an aneurysm when, when this lineup comes out and uh, Jacko's name is written on it? I mean, maybe it's me being... Uh... A little crazy, but I, I actually believe that he is going to start Lukaku this game. I think he understands the importance of having the physical aspect of Lukaku up top. Um, and then to kind of, you know, if you want to maybe see it out, you know, you could bring in Jekyll later. I think he'll, the rest will be as expected. You know, Dumfries on the right, uh, uh, Darmian as the right center back, and then we'll have... I think he's going to go with Acerbi and, and, and Bastoni. However, with the recent performances from from Devray, I'm not saying he should start, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did give it to him. I, I would, you know, but I but I think he's going to stick with what has worked, what has gotten him this far in the rest of the key positions. You know, we'll, we'll see the same. Um, well, sorry, the best midfield three that we would expect. You know, in Hakan Brozovic and Barella, um, I think that you know with Brozovic, he's a guy you would want to when. When the, with the high press to be able to calm things down, I think that he'll be very important there. Whereas if you, you know, let's say you're down a goal in the second half, you would rather be able to maybe sub on Mikitarian if you're chasing a goal than than having to, you know, sub on Brozovic if you're chasing a goal type thing. So um, that's what I would think. But like like Mo said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he started Jekyll, but I, I have a feeling that Inzaghi is not going to like play it cute. I think he's going to try to just really go for it from from the get-go. Sharma, as our resident uh, Limone expert, you probably have your, your finger on the pulse of uh, of what he's going to do better than anyone uh, out there. What should we expect from Inter's starting lineup on Saturday? Yeah, I think I think he's going to go for Jekyll, as uh, Mo said, and you know I think we're expecting it. I'll, I'll be happy if he surprised me, but I'm expecting Jekyll. And I think if Mkhitaryan was fit, I think that would be uh, that would be the bigger doubt for me because. That's the one I I'm, I can't really figure out what's his favorite trio out of the four. So I think I think he I think he leans slightly towards the Mkhitaryan Hakan Barella trio this season. But I'm happy that Brozovic, as I think we'll get into, I think Brozovic has to start this game. He's but how the, come we're sitting here, Sharma, and talking about the hmm. coach where everybody knows that Hakan and Brozovic are better defensively, better on the ball than Mkhitaryan, and Lukaku is the one going for it. Can someone? Explain to me why would he think otherwise? What does he see? Can someone explain to me what does he see in that lineup to beat Man City? How does he read the game that way? I so my take on that is that you would only do that from a game management perspective, right? Like you want to be able to have options off the bench depending on how the game is going and. You know, if you're able to bring Brozovic in, it makes a lot for Mikitarian. It makes a lot of sense if you have a lead in the game and you're trying to, you know, possess the ball and control the tempo a little bit better. And then with Lukaku, it makes sense when you're you're chasing the game. Um, ultimately, I actually think that he's going to go with Lukaku up top to partner Lautaro to start the game. And the reason why I said this on the last interviews, 
when it comes to a two-legged tie, you have a lot of time to be able to mix and match uh, depending on the game situation. In this in this scenario, I would want my best 11 on the field for as long as possible, for as many minutes as I can get them, rather than having that trio of Barella, um, Brozovic, and Hakan up top with Lautaro and Lukaku for only maybe the last 30 or 40 minutes of the game when you're trying to manage a game after most of it's already been played, for me, that's a mistake. I would want those those players on the field for as long as possible together, especially when you're dealing with a, this is a one-off game, right? It's 90 minutes to decide. Um, and ultimately, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with, with my best 11 as opposed to trying to manage 90 minutes against a, a juggernaut like Man City. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agreed with you, you know, with the the up top selections. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like he is the form that Lukaku's on. And even, like, you're starting to see that even the pace and the power seem to be coming back to his game, which I think is going to be massive in this. And and when you're going up against, you know, center backs like uh, Ruben Diaz, I think you're, you know, someone who's so strong and and. I'm not sure if it's going to be Ake or, or where he's going to put stones or however else he's going to, you know, I mean, we all see how Guardiola likes to tinker and, and do things that no one sees coming. So, but I think if you start Lautaro and, and, uh, and Lukaku up front, I think it makes it a little bit harder for whoever it is. If he decides to go with a back three of, let's say, Walker, Ake, and, and Ruben Diaz, I think that Lukaku's strength would, would be a weapon to be used on, on, on those guys where I don't see really Ake being that strong himself obviously Diaz you know he, he is a great center back he's sometimes you know rated as one of the best in the EPL and, and some you know even probably across Europe um, but I think that he could be you know could have his hands full whether we're going up against a Lautaro Lukaku duo as opposed to you know Lautaro and Dzeko whereas you know Dzeko we, we see what he can do and what limitations he does have and although he is a class player there's no denying that I think that he that his strengths um, won't really be valuable in in this potential matchup. Maybe later in the game when you're trying to to kill it off. But you know, I, I think, like you said, starting with your strongest eleven would be the way to go. But you know, I mean, like I said in in previous episodes, I'm not going to con- you know doubt what Inzaghi uh, decides to come up with. So. And speaking of our strongest 11 being on the pitch, we all know that Milan Skriniar is coming off of a a very long layoff for a a pretty serious back injury. Reports are that he would have 15 to 20 minutes in his legs for Saturday. Would um, Would you want to see Skriniar on the field this Saturday in the biggest game of our season? You know, he's already signed, sealed, delivered to PSG, and also he hasn't had any any sort of match fitness, um, any games to warm up. Under what circumstances are you okay seeing Skriniar on the field on uh, on Saturday? We'll go with Sharma. I think it's it's that's his ship has sailed now. I don't. I think if he had some minutes against Torino, then I would probably say yeah. You know, if we're hunkering down, trying to defend the lead or something, and you need a guy, then bring him on. But now, the guy hasn't played for us since February. Like, has he even played some? behind closed door friendlies or anything like that. Like the, this guy's match rhythm must be completely like zero. So it's not even personal. It's not even related to the extra field stuff. I just, yeah, I'd just rather bring players who are in match rhythm. In my opinion, even De Vray comes first before screen. Yeah. Like if, if, if you're going to start, start with Darmian, Acerbi and Bastoni, your first sub, if you'll have to bring another defender, should be De Vray, shouldn't be screen. De Vray is match fit. De Vrij has played lately more minutes than before. Milan Skriniar, if he was okay, he would have played against Torino. Torino was a non-nothing game, and he didn't even get a minute. So that mm. means he isn't match fit. He isn't match sharp. He's, I think there is a lot of aspects other than just being fit to run. There is like passing, positioning. I don't think he should play at all. I would be scared if I see Milan Skriniar step a foot on the pitch. Winning or losing, it doesn't matter. Chasing the game, starting or off the bench. I'll be scared. Mm. I'll be thinking, you're crazy to do that. Unless this guy has played 10 games with the youngsters before this, which is, I doubt he he did. So I think Milan Skriniar, as Sharma said, a ship sailed and we should just look past him, to be honest, at this point. 
yeah, it's over. Like I, I think his time with Inter is done, and I don't think that in a game of this magnitude, you risk putting on a player like like Mo said, who doesn't have the match sharpness, who may not have you know his head and even in the game. I mean, you know the the news already come out of of the of the deal already agreed upon with uh, with PSG. He has no motivation, in my opinion, and and it's not like I said. Like I mean, it's nothing personal. It's not that I, I have anything against him. I just wouldn't want to risk it, and I wouldn't want an error from Screeniar to be you know a reason that we lose or or you know that they're able to equalize, whatever it may be. You know, I, I would want to, uh, like Mo said, you know, Devry should be the first defender if you are going to bring on a center back or someone off the bench to to be the to be called on. You know, he's been there. And yes, he's had his ups and downs, but more often than not, lately, um, he seems to be somewhat back to the the center back that we saw under Conte, which has been nice. You know, timely challenges. He's he's been reading the ball well, great passing. Um, yeah, I would much rather see him come on than see Skriniar. And you know, tactically on that Manchester City left side, Jack Grealish isn't the quickest. Isn't it doesn't have the most trickery in him. He is more of a bull retention. And if I have Darmian and Dumfries on that side, they should be able to nullify him. Like I say, there's no need to panic and start looking at screen. I'm not looking. We're not playing against Lorezani. We're not playing against Riyad Mahrez on that side, not Bernardo Silva. It's Jack Grealish, one of the slowest guys in this Man City team. And I think Darmian and Dumfries should do the, the right job against him. Like I... It's as simple as your players have chemistry between them. Just stick to what you know. So, Mo, would you say right now Jack Grealish is not a low sock baller? <laughs> uh, how did I know you were going to say something? <laughs> yeah, but, but there's one more thing I wanted to, to talk about in, in, in case of Darmian and DeVray and Acherby. Is that Haaland being up top? We know that we like to go one-on-one with the top striker, like the highest striker on the bit, one-on-one on a Cherby most of the game, assuming that he's going to be able to handle them. He has faced, what is like, what, uh, uh, what's his name from Milan? Uh, Giroud, he has faced other players, Immobile at some point, but this is a different animal. I'm not sure if we should go one-on-one with that. This is why a little bit of Milan screen, and I'm thinking strength, Maybe Darmian, can he do the job? I'm not quite sure that Darmian can cover with a Cherby against Haaland. This is what's worrying me, to be honest. Like, this is what makes me think about Screener. The only thing that makes me think about Screener is that two-on-one on Haaland, him and a Cherby. Yeah, that's a great... Sorry, Johnny, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, not not to, to compare the two, because obviously they're two different profiles of strikers, but, I mean, I feel like the guy's were able to contain Lewandowski. You know, they were able to control what, I mean, not that Bayern has a world-class striker. Didn't he hit that two, two post twice? Lewandowski against I that. mean, he hit the post and he scored. <laughs> the only goal he scored was on Belanova, really. You know, he he outjumped well, Belanova and got the header in. So, I mean, or did he Ossiman, score a second? Ossiman's probably sim in terms of profile, like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's probably remember better, yeah. when we played Austin, and I thought Skriniar was on him. It wasn't only, it was Skriniar covering with the Cherby the first game. Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it screen? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So as far as the, this is a good sort of segue into let's talk about our opponents and, you know, what we can expect to them. I really want to get from you guys where you see the biggest danger for Inter and what they need to be most mindful of. The one thing also I'll say, Mo, um, to your point about, you know, how are we going to defend this guy? Bastoni came out with a quote recently that he's been watching, um, from the, I believe it was from the first leg of the semifinal that he's been watching how Rudiger um, was playing Holland and that he's taking pointers from that. So that could be a bit of a tell from Inter's side on what they're thinking um, and how they're going to line up against against Holland. But um, I definitely could see Bastoni being being the X factor there. Aced be obviously slower. Not that Bastoni is is you know the fastest guy, but perhaps they anticipate. Holland drifting towards um, towards Bastoni's side to try to combine with you know Riyad or Bernardo whoever ends up occupying that um, that right wing for Man City. Um, so it could be Bastoni. I, I think there's a chance that he's the guy that's that's going to be tasked with uh, slowing Holland down. 
Um, but why don't we jump into what you think the biggest threat to Inter is? Obviously, Manchester City is lining up with, you know, a lot of people would say they're some of the best players in the world at their positions. And obviously, we're talking about a striker who has 60 plus goal involvements this year. Where do you think if you're Simona and you're looking at that team, what's the first thing that you're saying, okay, I need to pay attention to this. I need to slow this down. Let's go ahead and start with uh, with Mo. It's between the lines. Inter has always been uh, uh, kind of like in that between the defensive side and the midfield. And they have two of the strongest players there, which is Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan lately. And they hit Manchester United in uh, within that part. And I think Barella is a key factor in this game. He should recover quicker. He should create a line with Hakan and Brozovic or, or even if Mkhitaryan plays. Because this is where they are very dangerous. Between the offensive line, because we're expected to sit back a little bit and our midfield, that area on the pitch is very dangerous for Man City. This is the most dangerous part of their game. It's not the wings. It's not even Haaland. I think that area is very dangerous. And But we have the tools to be able to manage that. Even John Stones, in the last game, he was the guy running behind the midfield of Man United. This is something that we should look out for. Sharma, what about you? Yeah, those those midfield runs, like, yeah, worry me. Like when De Bruyne goes, like, runs in behind and does those cutbacks or Gundogan. Like, yeah, when they make those runs where they're not maybe prepared for, someone else has to, like, you have to pass that guy on to someone else rather than follow him all the way. Like, yeah, I feel like I've seen Inter kind of drop off on those kind of man-covering and um, that left-hand side with Di Marco, like, he just... Because, yeah, like, the same same on the other side, as you said, with Grealish. And Bernardo, or even Mares, like, they're not really going to go past you, like, on the outside. They're all going to kind of cut inside. And Di Marco, we know he likes to kind of give people two, two, three, four yards to get that cross in. So I'm worried that they can, yeah, float those balls to the far post to Holland or, yeah, those whipped balls towards the back post. That, that worries me that kind of half space on that left, our left-hand side. I might think about starting Gosens then, defensively. Because is DeMarco really going to go past the midfield and try to go forward and whipping crosses? Or we are thinking about going counter-attacks, one-on-one, Lukaku and Diaz and Lautaro on the counter? If Maybe. Maybe Gosens is stronger defensively. I've seen DeMarco, and I echo what Sharma said, I've seen DeMarco a lot giving the, op- giving the opposition a space to cross, assuming that the defenders are going to deal with it. And that's very dangerous against Man City because their quality of crosses are much higher than what we see in Serie A. They practice this cutback cross first time many, many times. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like Because I really DeMarco is really suspect defensively as a one-on-one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Johnny, what uh what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean I would have to agree with <clears throat> what everything everyone everything that everyone has said so far, you know. I mean, Bernardo Silva was a player that I looked at. He's he's probably one of my favorite players on the team and he, I've always said he's kind of been like a a pipe dream of a signing for for this club, but but he's someone that I would worry about. And like like Sharma said, with the way DiMarco defends and, and kind of gives them that much space to be able to cross the ball in, I mean, that is something that's worrying because we always see, I mean, Holland is able to get in on the back end of almost any ball that's crossed into him. I mean, you can call him a, a robot, a machine, whatever it is, but at the end of the day, if, it, if the ball's ending up in the back of the net, and I know Nazario doesn't like him because you know he says he only scores tap-ins, but a goal's a goal. Whether you want it to be a tap-in or a curler from outside the box, it's it's got the same uh, you know point value there. So um, I agree with Mo. Like I would like to see maybe goes and start. I don't. I know Inzaghi's not going to start him. Um, but I would like to see him just because he is a bit stronger defensively. And I mean, Sharma actually put out a video, of, you know, of, of something that uh, Inzaghi's, you know, could be simmering um, with uh, Gozen's being able to run into space and, and and have that ability on the counter to to kind of either be the guy you you lay the ball off to or, you know, can run alongside with whatever strikers up front. If it's a two on one or something like that, uh, that that could be the way that we are able to hit on, hit them, you know, is on the counter like that. And, and maybe Gozins would be the better option to have on the wing because he has obviously a little, little bit more pace than, than DiMarco. And he may not be, well, not me. He definitely isn't as good of a crosser of the ball as DiMarco is, but he's not nearly as much of a liability defensively. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what he comes up with. But um, 
yeah, that 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 right side more so than the left would be worrying for me. If you have you know the little like interchangeable between KDB, Bernardo, you know even Rodri pushes up sometimes, um, where he's kind of able to to be the third man in the triangle for them to kind of play off of. It, it's it's going to be a uh, interesting to see how we you know prepare tactically for that. Yeah, I, I I wanted to add something about the thing about this Man City team is that they changed lately. So even if you try to press them, and we know we're not going to press them, they can go long for Erling Haaland. Something that we have seen in two, three games against Bayern Munich, they did it against Arsenal, they did it against Real Madrid. They weren't successful because Rudiger marked them one on one. But I think if we sit back, we know what to expect. We know how they got, they want to score the goal. They know how they want to play. We know everything about them. They are an open book to us. Inter aren't. Pep Guardiola has nothing has no information about how Inter plays. Because we as a team, we actually don't have a plan. We play based on the opposition, which it's not a bad thing. It's actually in these big games, against Napoli, we can defend and we can go for Against Milan, we can hold them or, or we can go forward. Even against Real Madrid, nobody expected us, sorry, against Bayern Munich, nobody expected us to try to press Bayern Munich. We tried that. We tried to press Bayern Munich. This is why I'm thinking... We are unexpected, but they're very predictable. You can actually see exactly what is going to happen in this game if you sit back. It's it's a simple thing for, for Simone Inzaghi. He can absolutely draw the place for these players knowing what to expect. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, um, and we'll, we'll shift over to where we think Inter can, can hurt Manchester City, but... The last thing I want to say about their threat is I really, you know, not to echo what you guys are saying, but if you're an Inzaghi, the first point of action is to take away space from the guy that has 60 plus goal involvements this year with Holland, which we've seen how this has played out um, recently in the FA Cup final that left Gundogan with a lot of space to create some terror um, right on the uh, the edge of the box. And that's that's my danger man. Um, for Inter, whether it's Brozovic back there or whether it's Hakan back there, keeping a close eye on those runs um, by Gundogan and you know making sure that we're not giving him the space to be able to get his shot off. This is a this is a goal scoring midfielder, um, so I think he's going to be you know he's going to be one to watch for uh, for Inter on Saturday. All right, let's let's shift over to where we think we can we can hurt them. I think everybody on this podcast today has agreed that. We don't rate Man City as highly as some of these other um, other channels or other media personalities are. Obviously, they're a great team. But in terms of being able to look at them and say, okay, there's no weaknesses, I definitely think that Inter has the ability to, um, to hurt this team. So I'll go ahead and start with what I think is our biggest threat. Um, I'm going to go with Lukaku and Lautaro as the duo against the back three of Man City. I don't know that... Man City has seen a strike partnership as strong as this one, um, especially with having, you know, having to deal with two center forwards as opposed to um, as opposed to wingers and and one traditional forward. So for me, it's going to be all about what Lukaku can do to hold off stones, what um, you know, and and Ruben Diaz, what Lautaro can do to to get him behind. For me, <clears throat> for me, that's where I think we're uh, you know we pose our biggest threat. Uh, Johnny, what about you? What do you think uh, for us on the Inter side? What are you looking to see us do? Yeah, I think it's going to be quickly transitioning from defense to attack. How we're able to to push the ball forward when we hit them on the counter. Um, if we're, you know, is Brozovic able to turn and, and, you know, maybe get it out to one of the wing backs and, and kind of get, you know, the forwards pushing forward and, and, and maybe crossing into them? Or is it going to be, you know, played through the middle? However it is, um, it's just going to be how quickly we're able to, to catch them off guard. I feel like since they're going to be playing with a high press, if you're able to to do that, you know, I mean, I, I had a coach who always said the ball moves faster than a player does. And if we're able to just get it out to the wings, get it out to midfielder, whether it's Barella bringing it up, Hakan, whomever, um, if we're able to do that quickly and, and, and get balls into it and maybe get them on in opportunities and, you know, where we have numbers going at them, I think that is where we'll be able to to do the most damage against them. And, and hopefully we'll have, you know, some opportunities where we can take, you know, a goal, two goal lead or something like that. What about you, Mo? For me, I think the key for us is not only counterattacks, it's actually Brozovic getting out of the press. Mourinho said it more than 10 years ago. He said, when you play against Pep Guardiola, 
if you bypass the first wave of press, you're going to have one-on-one -on -one across the pitch. And it's all down to your players beating that one-on-one. -on -one. Like it's Lukaku versus one player, Lautaro versus one player, which is what Madrid did. When, when Madrid played Man City in the first leg, they beat the press and they had four players going on four defenders. And Vinicius Jr. were able to get a shot and scored. And I think the only player that can get us out of this press is Marcelo Brozovic. Uh, on goal kicks as well, if we play goal kicks short, I think if we can get Brozovic on the ball and he can bypass that press by a pass between the lines, we'll have Lukaku and Lautaro and Barella going three on three on the defense. They don't have wing backs. They have Riyad, they have Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish as their wing backs. And they have two midfielders. And it's going to be everybody pushing forward. They leave three in the back and they press with seven players. And it's if I'm going to back any player in the world to bypass Man City's press, it's Marcelo Brozovic. Yeah. Sharma, what do you think? Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with all of you guys. I'll just finish on, um, I think, Edison. Not that he's a bad goalkeeper, but I don't know. I feel like with our distance shooting, it could be a factor. Um, all three of our midfielders are, I mean, really good at it. The Hakan's foot has been on fire this season. Barella, that's the only type of goals he scores. Bangers and then Brozovic. I mean, just last game he um, scored one. So yeah, I feel like it's not a weakness per se, but if there was one weakness, I would say Edison isn't the greatest, greatest goalkeeper. Lukaku also first touch is key in this game. Like imagine playing Lukaku and he's back to Diaz or or whoever or Akanji. If he touches the ball away from the defender, like what he used to do under Antonio Conte and in the last month or so. I think they will panic. And this Man City teams, they will panic if you have a forward like Lukaku going against them. Lautaro has to be smart, of course, because physically he is not as strong as the, their defenders. Kyle Walker is quick. Akanji and Diaz are way bigger than Lautaro Martinez. So I think Lautaro has to move around Lukaku. Allowing Lukaku to be one-on-one -on -one is key. If we get Lukaku one-on-one -on -one like what he did to, against Romagnoli three years ago, this is the key. Romagnoli is a big guy as well. And I think Lukaku, if he does this, will get on goal. We'll get chances. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I guess that that you know brings us to our next portion of the podcast. I have a question for all three of you guys. What is the one duel on the pitch that Inter must win in order for us to uh to have the success that we want in this in this match? For me. Um, I'm going to say Barella versus Rodri. I think we saw in the FA Cup final that Rodri got pretty pretty exhausted towards the end. And I think Barella is the exact kind of player that, um, you know, can really can really get those legs uh, feeling like they're underwater by having to chase him all game uh, and hopefully get in behind. So I think for us, you know, we know Barella is, is a key to how we play. And I think him being able to have his way with Rodri, um, which I can definitely see happening, is is a key to us being able to win the game. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's. I mean, to me, it's like the midfield battle. I mean, like you said, with uh, with Rodri being tired and and, and kind of having to go up of you know what Man uh, Man United had. You know, our midfield, in my opinion, is 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 leaps and bounds better than what Man United was able to field. So. If we can have Barella, Hakan, you know, giving him fits and, and kind of making him run a lot, um, I think that could be huge for us. Um, you know, I some people say, you know, crazy because I think our midfield is actually better man for man in the starting um, abilities. And, and I'm not disrespecting De Bruyne or Rodri or, or Gundogan, but I just I feel like when our team is playing at its best potential, I think that that's when we're able to to truly shine and um I think it's going to come down to, to whose midfield is, is working hardest, really, and, and not, you know, making silly mistakes and, and, and poor passes and stuff if we're able to pressure them and kind of force mistakes. And same thing for them if they're able to do the same thing to us. But I think that that's where it could be one is if, you know, we can obviously limit ours and capitalize on theirs. What about you, Sharma? I think, yeah, it's in that midfield. Brozovic versus whoever is going to be the guy shadow marking him or marking him. When when Brozovic is ticking, Inter are ticking, like we've seen it, you know, when over the years, whether it's Kessie, man marking him, or they put Kuluzevsky on him, or Krunic, or, you know, Bonaventura, whoever the opposing team tries to put on Brozovic, that battle usually says a lot. 
about how the game is going. If Brozovic wins that battle, then usually Inter win the game. What do you think, Mo? I, I think uh, I echo everybody says, but I think, to be honest, this game relies so much on Lukaku. And this is my opinion, because unless we want to go nil-nil in this game, I think if, if Lukaku wins a one-on-one battle with any of the defenders, we create a chance and we score and they're chasing the game. And it can it can happen from the beginning or it can happen in minute 15 or, or later in the game. But I think it's once we get the ball to Lukaku, he has to have a good touch, good turn and get everybody around him up because that Man City are not used to this. They're not used to teams holding the ball up top for them. They are used to teams going to the goal right away. And Lukaku, if he holds the ball for like three, four seconds, they're going to panic because they're going to think we cannot have that risk. We need to put defenders back because we cannot have one-on-one the whole game. And I think this is key for me, to be honest. I'm ready for the biggest redemption story of the year, man. Big Rome. Yeah, I was saying that. You know, I was talking to the people and I said, this is the game where Lukaku and Lautaro show the world what's uh, uh, their worth. To be honest, this is the redemption oh, for Lautaro <laughs> after the World Cup. Everybody is talking crap about Lautaro. And I'm thinking... Yeah. This is your we game, need brother. It. We need it for the show. PR, man. This is for Lautaro. We just need it. <laughs> show it. Show the world. And Lukaku, all the Chelsea fans and all the... Show the world what you can do. Show the world that it's them, not you. It's that Chelsea football club. It's not you. Show Lautaro that when you're on your game, you're one of the best forwards around there in the world. This is, this is the redemption game for me. And I don't want to sound like there's pressure on them, but there is pressure. Lukaku is going to be thinking about this. Lautaro is going to be thinking about, I won the World Cup and people are choosing Alvarez in front of me in the World Cup team. He's thinking, I'm the more experienced forward. I need to show the world that I can do the job in a, a, on the top level. I can do the job in a Champions League final. I'm thinking this is a massive game because everybody else, they know who Brozovic is. They know who, but everybody is thinking Bastoni is a great player. Everybody knows Unana is fantastic. But it's these two that everybody's saying, ah, they're not good enough. These two. Yeah, I'd have to agree, especially, you know, Lukaku gave that interview to uh, Paramount after the second leg against Milan in this semifinal, um, just talking about, you know, the trials and tribulations that he's had to go to. And he's become a player that it's incredibly easy to root for him, given what his story has looked like um, over the past year. And this would just be you know, the the icing on the cake for, you know, like you said, a, a storybook ending and, you know, hopefully not the end for his story at Inter. Um, you know, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it continue down the line. All right. What about which team is coming into the game with more pressure? You have Manchester City, who's going for a treble. Um, they're a team that is, has expected to take this Champions League final for many years since Pep has been at the helm. And it's the one thing that he hasn't been able to get his hands on uh, with Manchester City or Inter, who, if you look back at this season, all all you're going to hear is it was a fluke that they got to this final. They had an easy path. Um, you know, this wasn't a team that, that should have been here. And there's going to be a lot of conversation, especially if the game doesn't go well, um, for us, and and we you know we see dominance out of Man City. There's going to be there's obviously a lot of pressure on Inter to uh, to not make that happen. Going into the game, who's the team that has the most pressure on their shoulders? John, we'll start with you. I mean, yeah, it's to me, it's obviously it's Manchester City. You know, this is the the trophy that's eluded them for for so many years, and that that's been. You know, not to, to steal from Mourinho, but it has been their obsession to win this, you know, win this trophy. And, and I I mean, they've won the league, right? They won the FA Cup. This is what would make, you know, be the icing on the cake for them. But it also would be a massive, massive letdown if they weren't able to win it. With all the players that they've been able to bring in over the years, all the money that's been spent, all the the investments that's been made by the by the club into, into new players. And of course, you know, the, the management and, and everything, it's... This is it. You have to win this. And, you know, people would say that this is the weakest opponent they could possibly go up against. And this may be one of the weakest teams that's that's made a Champions League final. And all the disrespect that's, you know, paid the Serie A teams and, and even just Inter in general. If they don't win this, that's... 
I mean, it's it's a massive letdown for us. If we don't win, it's expected in, in a lot of ways. Nobody's really giving us a chance. Uh, all the pundits are, you know, and I, and I say pundits, I really mean, you know, the, the people in England and, and pr- even here in the States are, are pretty much crowning Manchester City as uh, treble winners, which, but you know what, it's going to be played in those 90 minutes or, or even maybe, you know, 120 in a penalty shootout, like who knows, but we have no pressure. We really can, I mean, I feel like they can go in as as calm and as as anything they have nothing to worry about all the odds are against them but i also think that that's kind of like a chip on their shoulder in a sense too where they kind of feel like they have a sense of purpose um and something to prove that you know all these players are looked down upon or the league is looked down upon inzaghi's looked down upon i've been guilty of it too you know i mean i was ready to to get rid of him myself uh, a lot of times this season and and to get the team where they have I mean that's a that, that that's a success in itself in the in you know the Champions League and we've seen how he's been able to get them to perform in cup games and stuff. So listen, I mean, like like we've all said here, I believe that this team could go on and win it and, and really shock the world, um, which would I would I would be so so thrilled for. I mean, this might be more if we win this one. I actually may appreciate this win more than the the Champions League win in 2010, not because of what. That I mean, not taking away from the trouble. I think I was so confident. I didn't think Bayern had a chance when I was going when we were going into that game. I was so confident in in that team. Now this, where like I, I mean, Sharma said sixty five thirty five Man City. I was probably seventy thirty Man City. But if we win this, I mean, what a, uh, this would be like the biggest upset I would think in in Champions League history. And I mean. I don't know. I would be shocked. So Man City, you have all the pressure on you, in my opinion. And to that point, Johnny, about, you know, how much this would mean, I think one of the other like factors is there aren't very many people in the football world that want to see, you know, one of these oil rich clubs take home a trophy, right? It's like a lot of the, the diehards are, are um, not wanting to see that. And I'm one of those people, you know, especially with the, the financial doping, um, Thank God Nima's not on this podcast or else we'd spend the next hour and a half talking about it. But, um, you know, I think part of it is not wanting to see, you know, a team like Man City lift the trophy. Sharma, who's got the pressure for you? Yeah, it's easy as Man City, man. Like, especially now they've done the double, they have to do the treble. Pep even said it himself. Like, it would be almost like a failure for them if they didn't win now. So all the pressure's on them, which... Plays in our hands. I think we're always better when we're underdogs, and I like being the underdogs. Mo? One, one, one thing is just that, that scares me a little is that normally the team that had the hardest route win it at the end. <laughs> this is what I'm always worried about. Like, there's the, like the, the, the path of the champions, which is Man City knocked out Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. We didn't, even though we faced Benfica and Bayern in the, in the group stage. The pressure is on them, but I'm like, I have this feeling, which is terrible feeling, that if it was going to be a year, this is Man City's year. It's it's a terrible feeling, but I'm just, I have this feeling that even luck might play a, a, a big factor here, to be honest. I don't know. I, I feel like the pressure is on them uh, massively on the team, but I feel like they will have also confidence, be knocking out Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. They will also match the pressure with confidence as well being the best team in england knocking out like uh, ex-champions in real madrid and, and a team like Bayern munich i think they will have confidence as well do you think either of these teams or i guess which team do you think would be more likely to be affected by the pressure um which team do you think is is mentally stronger i would you know, not being, I am biased, obviously, but trying to be objective here, I actually think Inter has played in a lot of these, you know, high pressure games, um, this squad specifically for a long time. And I have a feeling they, they are going to rise to the occasion. Um, do you guys see any sort of mental slippage out of this city team or are they going to be ready to go? If we start the game strong, I think the pressure will, will actually increase on them. If we can see the like, I feel like if we can see the goal, our players might have this strange feeling about can we come back to this game. While I think if Man City, even if we start the game well and we they 
they the pressure will be on them. I think they will back themselves to come back to the game, like what they did, because they did it before against Real Madrid. We didn't do it. I think in this route of the Champions League, we're always ahead. Against all the teams, I thought we were always ahead. If someone can remind me, were we behind in this Champions League from the round of 16? I, I can't remember. No. We were always ahead. So there was always other teams chasing us. While this Man City team, they were against Real Madrid, everybody said that you're going to beat them, and then they didn't, and they went behind, and they backed themselves to come back against them. They were chasing Arsenal in the league. Uh, so I feel like they have this, this momentum going for them that they would back themselves to come back to a game if, if they are chasing the game. I'm not sure what you guys think about like that particular aspect. Do you think Inter could come back if we can see the goal? To be honest, I mean, and, and I'm trying not to be to be biased, honestly, but like I do think if it's a goal, I think, yes, they would be able to come back. Two goals, that's a different story, of course. But I think if we went down, let's say, one nothing early, um, we've seen the resiliency in this team. Now, granted, I'm not saying Fiorentina is on the same level as a Man City or, or, or really anybody else. Um that we've gone up against in the league or even leading up to this, this final. But I, I do see that this team where others would probably panic. I feel like that they do have a sense of maturity and calmness where they're able to withstand that um, and be able to, to push forward. Um, and granted it all, it also depends on, on when that goal takes place. You know, if it comes in like the 81st minute or something, you know, like that's, it's different of course, but that may be, you know, like a backbreaking goal. But if you're, if you go down early, let's say in the first half, I wouldn't think it's over. I wouldn't really be panicking myself. Would I be a little disappointed? Of course, but but I would still say like, however, let's say, oh, there's 85 minutes left or 75 minutes left, whatever it may be. You know, like I think that this team would still be able to to push forward and 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 they may have to still absorb and weather a storm leading up to that, like to make sure they don't give up another goal to go down to nothing quick. But I would think if, you know, if they're able to, to, you know, survive the next 20, 25, whatever, however long it may be, and then um, maybe, you know, just even make it to halftime, I would still think that they have the, the ability to, to equalize if, if given the opportunity like that. How do you feel about it, Sharma? Yeah, I think um, the, over the season they've gone, they've convinced me yeah, that they can come back from setbacks, like against, you know, Fiorentina and the early goal. Um, yeah, like if this was near the beginning of the season, where yeah, I, I can't remember, but I don't think we ever came back from once we from losing positions. I think first half of the season we didn't even come back this season. But yeah, I think the belief, the confidence is there. We look physically, we we look, uh, we've been looking quite good. And Man City, kind of as someone mentioned earlier, they started. I don't know if they're looking a bit tired. I mean, Pep mentioned how um, exhausted the players are physically, mentally. So I think, yeah, I'd be confident about making a comeback if it went down. Yeah, three players went down in the FA Cup final. And 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 granted, it was only 90 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't even an extra time. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Walker, uh, Stones and Rodri, the three of them yep. was, were feeling uh, muscle fatigue in them. I feel like the stories of the two teams are kind of similar. They started the season very slow and they picked up at the end after Pep Guardiola cracked the code of Haaland and, and got everybody playing around him good. And I think Inzaghi is the same. We started the season in a terrible place. And then if I'm if I remember the last two months, I've been enjoying Inter. Me and Gianni said it many times. We were not looking forward to the games. We were like, okay, Inter are playing. I'm ready to be sad for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> but in the last two months, I've been happy and waiting for the game that Inter is going to play midweek or the weekend. And it's similar to Man City. The both stories are similar. Both stories are the same in terms of like both of them picked up really good form since March. And I feel like, yes, it's us as well thinking now, Sharma put it in my head. We have been playing great lately. Not bad at all. I would back my team, of course, at the end of the season. As I'm sure that Man City fans weren't sure that they're going to win the Champions League or win the league even if you ask them in January. We were thinking we're not going to make top four in January. And now look at us. We were confident yeah. that we were going to make top four, even with like three, four games, even when we were fifth. I thought we're playing well enough to catch up to, to the other teams. And I'm, I would back my team in, in, in this matter as well. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to have to jump, but I do have some rapid fire questions for you. 
on the betting side. Just curious to see what he say. Gamble responsibly. This is my disclaimer, but I'm going to throw out um, a couple of, uh, of odds here, and I want to get your, um, your opinion. So we won't have to pick an outright winner, but the right now the line is at minus one and a half Man City. Are you picking Inter to you know, be able to cover that, those two goals or uh, Man City? I guess that does sort of tell you what the outright winner is if you if you go one way. But um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Minus one and a half. I don't know what these terms mean. I'm not so that means players. like right now, like it means right now, like would um would Manchester City beat us by two goals or more? Essentially, like do you think oh. that we would? They do the half, so you have to choose like if it's going to be two or one goal. I I would say that Inter would not lose by more than than. I, I think Inter no. would cover. You know, I agree. Honestly. I think it would be one goal. If it, yeah. either team, if they win, I think it'd be a one goal gap. Mel, what do you think? Uh, I think the same. I think it's one goal, not two. Okay. Over, under on goals, two and a half. Is this game going to have three goals or under? I would say three goals is the number. I, I think whoever wins is going to be a 2-1 win. I agree. 2-1. Mm. For me, that uh, if I'm... There are predictions that are a hope. On paper, theoretically, theoretically, Man City should be favorites 2-1 in this game. But I'm looking at it with my Inter eyes, and I'm thinking Inter can win this game 2-1. Mm. Sharma, do you think there's three goals in this game or lower? I'm seeing I'm seeing a, a Cortomuso special, a Catenaccio special from Inzaghi. <laughs> I'm seeing yeah, <laughs> oh, less, than, less than three goals. Wow. Okay. And last two. One, give me one player that is definitely going to be on the score sheet in this game. I'm going to go Lautaro. I'm going to go Ooh. Lautaro Martinez. He's going to be on the score okay. sheet. Well, oh, Mo going with Lautaro. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Lukaku. Nice. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say Lukaku as well. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be the guy to score the winner. Okay. And last one, both teams to score. Yes or no? Yes for me. Yes. No. Oh, I love it. Wow. Oh, he's really sticking to the corto muso. I love it. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right, guys. Thank you uh for jumping on. I've got to run, but uh John, you can take it from here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think we kind of covered everything. If we want to just, we don't want to talk it. to Gianni. Come on, nobody wants to talk to me. That's <laughs> that is for certain. All right. Well, um, we have to say thank you, a huge thank you to our guests for jumping on and and previewing this game with us. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and and plug your uh, your stuff? Mo, we'll start with you. I'm everywhere, but you can find me on Inter Worldwide. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be brave, and I'm gonna do a watch along for the game. Oh man, insane. you're insane, Mo. I love watch it. Watch along yes. for that game, so to see the cry for both happiness or sadness, and also you can see me if if you like Premier League, you can see me on Never a Foul every day, one or two times talking about Premier League, but Inter worldwide for Inter content, of course. Yeah, um, Uncle Sharma on YouTube. Check me out. Hopefully, I'll be at Inter Club London to. Get the vibes with the boys down in London. You're not going to go to Milan with the boys? Nah. That's, that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we will see on Saturday the biggest Inter game in years. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but it's coming. T minus five days. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Yeah.